I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, episode 161 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. It is a great time a great day to be great as ian hartitz would say uh we are talking prospects so we dropped episode one of the prospect sort of series if you will the usual prospects i'm calling it a little play on words there from the usual suspects um if you love your film as much as i do you know you might enjoy that little pun that little play on words so yeah last year the series was called building the big board this year i'm calling it the usual prospects so we're doing two prospects an episode just shorter episodes more times a week so this week there's three episodes um six prospects just to give you guys something to think about sink your teeth into we're going to be talking sort of what we like what we may be concerned about where we roughly would draft them and uh yeah just giving you an idea flavor for these prospects it is a great time to be looking forward to the draft great time to be in dynasty fantasy football and little word to the wise if you aren't already might i suggest that you go on over to dynasty nerds and sign up over there because you know if you're not a huge film head that's okay you still might want to get a look at some of these prospects yourself here what it is we're talking about and the dynasty nerds have an amazing film room i do writing and ranking for them as well and honestly their film room is fantastic it's where all my film study starts and um, they have a lot of other things as well if you sign up there for a membership you get uh, expert rankings you get lots of articles you get an extra special episode of the dynasty nerds podcast every week um yeah so it's it's really not very expensive for all the quality content that you are getting and if you want to you can use code ff evolution and get an extra 15% off for signing up. So yeah, I would recommend you doing that. I certainly get a lot out of it. Um, I use it all the time, like I said, for film study and just a lot of resources on there if you enjoy Dynasty Fantasy Football, which if you listen to this podcast, I am assuming that you do. Having said all that, let's jump back in here with wonderful, amazing, special guest, Jeff Bell at For Whom J Bell Tolls. Go give him a follow on Twitter. He is a contributor at The Football Guys and a co-host of The Debbie Royale and all around good dude. And we're breaking down two more running back prospects. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. Somebody else that I think we need a little bit of context for, and I'm curious to hear, you know, I'm curious to hear Jeff's Jeff's, Jeff's thoughts on this player because I feel like from what I've heard so far, he's fairly polarizing. I feel like some people really like the way he's come on as a player. Other people are just kind of completely out on him. It's Eric Gray. So Eric Gray, he finished his career there in Oklahoma. 
23 year old, so senior, Reese's senior bull. Um, he's a, he was a four star recruit. He's 5'9, 210, so a decent build. You know, he's not the tallest, biggest guy, but he hits that threshold. He's not like super scrawny where we're like, oh no, can he hold up in the NFL? He was a transfer from Tennessee after his sophomore year. So I'm curious to hear Jeff's take on it. I know he got, I know there was something about his head coach, you know, kind of got fired at the time for some malpractice issues. And so there was that element of Eric transferring, but it could also have been just about wanting to uh, play for Oklahoma. Maybe he felt it was a better school at a better position. I'm curious to hear Jeff's take on it, but he finished out last year, 12 games, 213 rush attempts for 1,366 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. And he also tagged in 33 receptions, which again, receptions are so important for us in fantasy. Those are just money makers. 229 yards receiving 6.9 yards per reception. Um, what are your thoughts then on, what are your initial thoughts on Eric Gray? Do you love him? Do you hate him? Or, and I guess, what is your thoughts on like, why did he transfer? Was it just because of his head coach situation? Or do you feel like there was more to it than that, Jeff? Well, Oklahoma was a better situation for him when he did transfer. He was stepping into a Lincoln Riley offense that, you know, Spencer Rattler was the quarterback at the time. Obviously, Caleb Williams took over. So it was a major upgrade in situation. Ramonde Stevenson had just left that Oklahoma offense and leaving a hole there for production at running back. And so I, I assume that was a major driver for that move. Um, I think that right now you're dealing with a lot of push-pull, like you mentioned, being polarizing there. And I think you get run into a lot of college fantasy players or Debbie players who were very in on Eric Gray that summer of 2021 when he did make that move to Oklahoma because of that being in that Lincoln Riley, that very rich environment of that offense. And he disappointed. He did not play well. He lost his job to um, the guy in last year's class. And I always blank on his name, and it drives me crazy. Um, gosh, who was that Oklahoma back last year? That Kennedy Brooks. So Kennedy Brooks was the Oklahoma back that kind of overtook him last year and was not last year. I mean, 2021. Uh, 2022, it was a fresh start. He had a new coach, and he really blossomed. He really played well. And one of the things that I really like about him, you can use him in the passing game. He's got a big enough body, a big enough frame that I think he can lead a backfield. And I think that he's a player that I, I'm pretty high on him. I mean, I have him as my running back 11, and I say that that's, I'm pretty high on that. But people need to know that between running back three and running back 11, I mean, you're dealing with the tightest group that you possibly can be for that many prospects being in there. And he's a player I wouldn't be surprised if he catches day two capital. I wouldn't be surprised if a team views him as being a major contributor in the passing game very quickly. And and I really like him a lot. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because um, I forgot to talk right at the top of the episode. I was going to say, you know, I wanted to get your take on this because, again, you've been following these players for years now. You're really, really in depth with them. And I come to it with a fresh set of eyes. So I just start watching film, trying to get some ideas and get some feel for these players. I really enjoy the process, but I'm not nearly into the weeds as you are with Debbie. And I was sort of thinking my feeling, I was like, am I going crazy here? But it feels like Bijan's in his tier of his own. And then there's like maybe like two or three more that are like in a really nice tier there as well. But then I feel like there's there's quite a few like really just like, yeah, it's a good running back. That's Oh, that's a good run. Oh, and that's a good running. <laughs> and it's like, feels like there's a big glut of just like, yeah, I mean, pick one of these six guys and you're fine, you know, <laughs> like, and it's, yeah. it's sort of, so that's interesting that you say that it's nice. makes me feel a little bit better, less crazy. We're sort of on the same page here. So yeah, Eric Gray, I was sort of, you know, and this is something I want to get, I want to get your take on as well. I was watching him and I was sort of like, 
I started calling him the Cinderella man because he takes some big hits, man. Like this guy, like he, there's a, there is a, there is a ability some running backs have to avoid big hits. He does not have that. He does not have that. It's like he goes out as, it's like he's like the Mike Williams of running backs. He like wants to get hit. He wants to get knocked over. He wants to get his legs cut out from under him. Every single time I'm like, oh no, is he, oh, is he injured? Oh, and then he gets back up again and it's okay. But I'm like, man, you gotta, you gotta chill out with that, bro. Like you're going to have some big 350 pound guys falling on you and you need to like stop, you know, throwing your leg out in the air and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I really, I agree. I thought that I remember actually looking at him last year because there was a, thought that he might try and come out last year and then obviously he didn't probably really smart of him not to because like you said it was a pretty disappointing year there was a lot of buzz coming out of Tennessee going to Oklahoma this year definitely seemed a lot better for him um you know I I definitely thought that I I pretty much agree with everything you've said it seems like he you know like I said I do concern I do have concerns about him just seeming to find ways to get tackled in weird and wonderful ways that are very uh violent but he had good patience waiting for his blockers I felt like I felt like he developed a lot with his vision um an ability to kind of diagnose on the go i do think he gets a little bit he's a little bit easier to take down sometimes than some some some, that i would want him to be like he gets a little bit upright a little bit over his pads and then people are just grabbing him with like one arm tackles and stuff sometimes but yeah there's definitely a lot there there's a lot of meat on the bones and so for me like you said, he's sort of in that group, isn't he? Where there's like probably eight or 10 guys that you're like, hey, I'm going to have to let draft capital and landing spot dictate how I view this group of seven to eight guys because I like him, but I like him. And I like, you know what I mean? And there's quite a few of little guys like that. So I guess where would you roughly like, again, right now without knowing draft capital, landing spot and things like that, where would you say you're probably comfortable drafting him in a one QB rookie draft at the moment? In a one QB rookie draft, um, I've got him at the 211 in a one QB rookie draft. So right there at that tail end of that second round, um, again, through that second round, I'm just hammering running backs. Um, I just love the value. And we talk about the depth of this class, the ability. And and I think that when you look around the NFL, I mean, I think you can get to 14, 15 running backs in this class that could see major contributions next year. And I think that NFL teams are starving for that infusion of young talent. I mean, you look at like a team like the Houston Texans. Yeah, they got Damian Pierce, but then the Dario Wale and, and Rex Burkett as the backup running backs there. I mean, they would love to add a back, you know, I just think you're going to see so much movement between free agency, but still the opportunity is there for all for so many of these guys to step in and be contributors. And I really want to hammer that through that second round. Some of that speaks to the lack of depth of the wide receiver class, probably Um, questions about once you get past the first four quarterbacks. But again, running back is the position in this class that you want to hit hard when you got those second and third round picks. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I was actually thinking that the other day where, I was sort of saying like in my head, I was like, the second round is like running back round in like dynasty drafts this year. You know, there's so many guys that I'm probably comfortable with taking in the second round. And I haven't finished the process yet because I let my final rankings out like sort of the week before the NFL draft because it's such a, it is a process. And I think you mentioned that already. And it's, and I've, I sort of said in the intro to the, the, you know, kind of talk about rookies and the prospect season, it's like, it's all about 
recontextualizing. It's about saying, okay, I've got this piece of the puzzle. I can see that, you know, they had good production. Then I can watch their film and these are things they're concerned about. And then I see the combine. Oh, this is how they tested. And then I'm, you know, then I see the landing spot and draft. And it's like, you just put all these different pieces into the puzzle. Um, and you kind of just be aware of the things that you're concerned about. You're aware of things that you like, you're, you know, and you kind of just can build the best picture that you possibly can. So I really like that. I, 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 I agree completely. I think there's quite a few running backs that you're sort of looking at in that second round there. I think last year I maybe only had about five running backs, four or five running backs that I was like, yeah, probably second round this year. It feels like off the top of my head, it feels like eight, nine, you know, guys that I'm like, yeah, I could see myself taking that in the second round, depending on landing spot, draft capital, et cetera. Uh, so that's really good to hear that I'm on the same trail as the, the wise Jeff, the wise Jeff Bell. I'm going to talk about somebody else here. Now, I, this is a guy that, this is a guy that I really am hoping you can sell me on because I feel like I should be way higher on this person than I am. I, I just, I can't get there yet. It's a process. I'm, I'm contextualizing, but we're going to talk about Israel Abanakanda. Um, he, for me, I mean, again, I'm not going to get into it too much. I want to hear Jeff's take on this, but some people love the dude. Absolutely. I've heard some, some people that I like and, and I'm friends with, you know, kind of being like, he's a top five back in this class. And then, you know, there's other people who are like, oh, he's not, he's going to be undrafted. So he feels like he's quite a polarizing character as well. So he is out of pit. He's a 20 year old junior. He is a, he was a former four star recruit, 5'11, 215 pounds is the listed weight. And it does feel like he's going to be over that easily over that 200 pound threshold. He seems like he carries a good, um, a good weight on him. He had nine 100 yard rushing games, which is the most by a pit player in a season since Deion Lewis had 10 in 2009. So that's just a fun fact from this year. So he was certainly very productive, um, in pit. He was in 11 games this year. He even missed a game and a half with injury, and he managed 239 rush attempts for 1,431 yards, six yards per carry, and 20 touchdowns, which is awesome. You would love to see him scoring 20 touchdowns in the NFL. Only 12 receptions. That is part of the concerns. You know, not a prolific pass catcher, um, and 100, you know, 146 yards on those 12 receptions and one touchdown. So, yeah, Israel Abanakanda, like I said, I'm not going to go too far into it because I'm really curious to hear Jeff if he can sway me to being a, a believer. Um, but is this, is it Abanakanda forever or where are we at here, Jeff? What's going on? He's my running back 14. So I don't know that I'm going to be doing any swaying here. Um, you know, I, I think you, you touch on those weaknesses. The lack of usage in the passing game is definitely a concern. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a good physical body, but again, I don't know that he's, it's one of those things I don't know where to slot him in. And he really just kind of slots in as that backup running back where, you know, I, I think that when you look at a backfield, the way you build it out, ideally, if you're going to go with the committee usage, you have that, that early down back, you have that third down back, and then you kind of have the backup. And usually teams don't carry more than four guys. And that's kind of what the way the rotation works. Um, we compared him to Joshua Kelly in the rookie guide. And that gives you kind of an idea where he sits uh, that physical back, but again, just not, it's you know, he's I don't know if he's making guys miss quite frequently or not and I don't know that he's got the physicality to hold up on that if if he were to be a lead guy he just really feels like a guy that can can be a backup in the NFL and and can give you a couple of fantasy weeks if if everything breaks right but I just don't know I don't see a real ceiling there that you know it makes you really very excited and again that limited passing work is is a concern and, and Bears mentioned in his profile. Yeah, no, I, I, 
yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with everything. I was trying not to be too like negative before, before, cause I didn't want to like go like this guy, this guy sucks. And then, then like, you'd be like, he's my RB three, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, I'll, I'll and again, this is not an hundred percent, like, please, like, this is just me. And I think my guests are, we're just trying to be honest and real with you. Yeah. We don't wish bad on any of these players we we you know care we want them to do well i hope he proves me wrong i hope he's like the best running back in this class um he seems like a really nice guy i love his name i was really excited about his name he's got a great name but yeah for me i'll read you some of the notes here jeff and you tell me if i'm crazy or if I'm, this is kind of similar to what you're seeing i mean i've just put like he is solid well built you know you love to see that he does run i feel like he runs very upright um he runs with power but doesn't move the pile much so like he runs into he initiates contact but he doesn't nothing really comes from that it's almost like he knocks himself over with the contact rather than moving people out of the way he does some work on kick returns which i mentioned that's good that's a good thing if he can get some work on special teams that'll help him um but he seems slow and lumbering when he's going out on his routes there's like no urgency to like his route running or his like um you know work in like pass protection things like that he gave up a lot of work to rodney hammond which concerns me um you know he broke a long run against tennessee that i was watching um but it was a great blocking and bad tackling situation and i think that's the problem for me is sometimes we can see these like highlight reels and that's the problem with just looking at highlights is you can any almost any of these players if you put on their highlight tape it's going to be awesome and like wow this guy looks great but then either it could be against like some third string division you know talent or it could be a situation where we're like man he has a great offensive line or they just did an amazing job there's a hole big enough to run a freight train through and <laughs> yeah he broke off a long play and that's great but um yeah it it just felt like I wrote, he's a very one dimensional two down back who mostly takes what the defense gives him, you know, not great at pass protection. He had a pretty good offensive line. So occasional, you know, chunk plays, but loads of losses and zero gains, decent speed in the open field. I feel I wrote down Pitt was the Atlanta of college, 521 rushes versus 391 passes. So it's like, again, you have to contextualize this, what this is all about. So again, please don't, put me as like an Israel hater. Um, I just, I'm not high on him. I, I don't see there being much of a upside there. And I see a lot of concerns that for me, I really want to see good vision. I think that's something that really translates well to the NFL. I want to see a lot of pass catching because that just like is, Hey, that's awesome. That, that could be an easy path for fantasy relevance. I'm not seeing a lot of that with, with uh, Mr. Abanakanda, unfortunately. So at this, as it stands at the moment, then obviously without knowing draft capital and all the other situations, is he someone you are drafting in a one QB league, like in the fourth round? or is he going to be a UDFA for you and you're just going to like maybe pick him up with some fab after the rookie drafts? So one QB, you know, he's my running back 14. I still have him as an early third round pick. And and again, I'm just hammering so many running backs in this class, but he does kind of feel like the breaking off point at the running back position where it, it sitting at running back 14 for me, it feels like after him, that's where you really start to get pretty dicey on some of these guys. I have guys like Chris Rodriguez and Tavion Thomas, and I mentioned Chase Brown after him. And, and I think that those guys profile into very limited roles. And Abanacanda is right on that that cusp, that threshold between uh, could be a little bit more. Uh, but again, it's uh, some of these aggressive placements on him. I, I can't get there. I just think that there are, are clearly better players in the class than him. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I actually looking at it now, and again, this isn't a final product, but I'm just looking at my grades here, and it looks like he's coming out as sort of like a late third round, um, mid to late third round sort of rookie draft grade. So I have pretty much in the same ballpark, maybe a little bit lower, but yeah, more or less, somebody that's probably still going to get drafted. Uh, he's probably what I would consider like a, a Burt Reynolds. He's a decent stash. He's not somebody that I'm going out of my way to like, I'm not trading up for. I'm not going to cry if I miss out on, but absolutely, I'll take a shot on him, assuming obviously that he does get drafted and you know his landing spot is fairly decent or interesting well there you have it short sweet to the point hopefully you enjoyed that hopefully you aren't all mad at me because you're massive abanaconda fans and i am not but yeah there you go there you have it another one in the books hopefully you enjoyed that if you are enjoying it first of all please Remember to subscribe. Uh, you want to get these podcast episodes. There's going to be coming out loads. Like I said, these nice short ones you can listen on your way to work. You can listen at the gym, wherever you listen to your podcast. You don't have to have an hour and a half. These ones are nice and short. Just some some stuff to think about, some stuff to weigh as you're looking at these prospects, wondering where to use your rookie picks in this upcoming rookie draft. Um, but yeah, if you're enjoying it, subscribe. And if you have 30, 45 seconds in your life, please go leave a rating and review. I can't stress enough. It really genuinely does help. Um, it helps boost the algorithm. It helps let people know about the podcast. And yes, it is the best kept secret in all of Dynasty, but I wouldn't mind if it was like the worst kept secret in all of Dynasty fantasy football. So thanks very much for listening. Make sure and stick with us here. We will be back again on Friday with another Jeff Bell special, two more, two more prospects to break down, and it's going to be a good one. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.